Edutainment Learning is powered by Academica Virtual Education and Collegia TV. For more information, visit www.edutainmentlearning.com. My name is Matt Rutherford. Uh, I'm 17 years old, and on the 24th of August, I ended my journey to become the youngest person to fly solo around the world. Uh, it took about five months, and it brought me through some of the most incredible places around the world. Uh, brought me through the Sahara Desert, brought me through um, Central Africa, the Indian Ocean, as well as the Pacific Ocean, uh, India, across Southeast Asia, uh, across the entirety of the East and West Coast of the US, uh, Mexico, and then the Atlantic Ocean. Uh, it was an incredible experience, and throughout my journey, I was trying to show the young people could make a difference, that you didn't have to be 18 to do something special, but you just follow your dreams and they can eventually come true. And they certainly did. You are a legend at 17 and you're still like, are you in high school or are you in, you said university, are you in dual enrollment? What, what are you in right now? Uh, no, so I'm in high school at the moment, uh, but in my final year. So I'm w w working very hard to try and catch up on all the time uh, so I can then apply for universities. Very good. Um, so do you mind if we jump into some of the questions? Yes, of course. Okay. And I know I already asked some of them because I was super curious, but some of the kids, they want to know um, from start to finish, what were some of the more memorable places that you went to? Um, so there were many, every flight was completely different and incredible, but I would say some of the, the parts that really stood out for me was flying through the Sahara Desert uh, flying through where, where just hundreds of miles you have nothing but desert it's incredible um, flying through Kenya uh, being able to see all the national parks flying over the Indian Ocean flying through Southeast Asia probably um, then probably the the biggest highlight in my journey was uh, when I landed on an uninhabited island in the, in the Pacific Ocean uh, it was incredible I'd flown for 10 hours over the Pacific and I landed on a deserted island where there was absolutely no one and just being able to experience that and just being able to look around an island that had no one had really gone onto for over 10 years was just incredible um, and then probably the flying through New York uh, it was an incredible it was amazing just being able to fly really low level past a city flying around Statue of Liberty, um, just seeing everything from so close. And then Greenland was also probably one of my biggest highlights, just flying past icebergs, flying really low over the ice caps. Um, they're all views I'd never seen before and views that really marked me. Absolutely phenomenal. So we, uh, do you mind, I'm going to have some kids uh, themselves ask some questions. This is Gabrielle in Italy. Gabrielle, you had a really good question. Go ahead and unmute to ask Mac. Hi, nice to meet you, Mac. Um, how had you managed the traveling with school? Um, so that was, that was a, a real issue for me. So I, when I set out, I was supposed to only take about two to three months and I set it up that I was going to try and do it throughout, through my holidays. Um, but I had huge amounts of delays and it ended up being five months. And during my entire journey, I did no school at all. So then when I, have, when I came back, I had to do huge amounts of catching up 
and I've just been working basically for the past three months extremely hard trying to to get back all the school time I missed. That is intense. Um, so one of the kids wanted to know, did at any point, did it ever, did it ever cross your mind that you might not make it? Well, basically, from the time I started in Sofia, Bulgaria, to Japan, well, to, actually to the US, uh, for the first three months, it basically, I couldn't complete my journey. Um, due to the Russian-Ukraine war, I wasn't able to fly through Russian airspace as a French microlite. And I was also not able to fly through Japanese airspace because of my type of airplane. So when I started my journey, it wasn't that I might be able to get around the world. It was, it's currently impossible for me to fly around the world. Um, but as I, I was progressing through the journey, I was able to get, for the first time in history, a Japanese exemption. And for the, well, for the first time in history, the Japanese allowed uh, my type of aircraft into their airspace, which was an incredible experience, uh, which then allowed me to fly directly from there to the uninhabited island uh, in the Pacific Ocean. So that was, that was definitely a lot of stressful moments that those first three months when I had no idea if I was even going, going to be able to complete my journey. Um, but eventually it all worked out. I just kept going and I was able to complete my journey. That is an, a phenomenal, wow, the first in history. Um, so we have uh, Louis, and I believe Louis is in uh, Spain or France. Uh, Louis, you should be able to unmute. You had a pretty good question. Uh, go ahead and unmute to ask. Um, I can ask. Uh, so they wanted to know, how did you originally get the opportunity to fly? Um, so both my parents are pilots, so I, I've really grown around in uh, an aviation background. And um, when I was the age of eight, I for the first time held the controls of an aircraft. And I was very scared at that point, uh, but I just, but very quickly it subsided and I really started to love aviation. So um, it's really has been a big part of my life, uh, but uh, that doesn't, stop anyone else from trying it i really recommend anyone who who wants to go flying um there are huge amounts of small airfields small airstrips anywhere where there are always instructors who will happily uh take you flying from an instructor or even teach you how to fly to get your license that is absolutely exciting stuff and guys again keep the questions coming in the chat you don't need to put your hand up uh so victor victor had a very good question and we'll go with a few more and then we'll let you go matt because we know it's getting kind of late there but victor go ahead and ask right so uh hello um i'd like to know what kind of planes have you flown um with so did you get that what kind of planes have you flown in your career um yes so the aircraft I, I, was, I learned on uh, is called the Coyote 2. It's a very small two-seater um, microlite that I flew around through Belgium, uh, and that's how the one I got my license with. Um, then I've, I did a lot of flying with my parents, and, that, and those are the different ones. So I did Piper Saratoga, uh, an RV-10, a Cessna, one, I, I did one of the Cessnas, um, but then when I flew around the world, I did it in a shark. Uh, uh, the reason I chose the shark is it's actually the fastest microlite in the world. And 
it was incredibly important that I could get to my destination as quickly as possible in a very safe and timely manner. So we've, we've had this question come up quite a few times. How fast, it like max out, how fast does uh, that plane fly at? Um, so from the thing is I, I didn't fly it at maximum speed all the time, but if I were to go max speed, it can go about 160 nautical miles, uh, which would be 160 knots, which would be not entirely sure in miles, but it's about a little over 300 kilometers an hour. That is uh, what that's, yeah, that's a few hundred miles an hour. So um, one of the kids wanted to know how many countries have you been in, uh, been to in all? Uh, in my around the world journey, I did 29 countries, I believe, th around 30 countries. Um, so yeah, that was cool. Very cool. Uh, Dana in Spain, um, you had a pretty cool question. I was wondering this myself. Go ahead to unmute to ask. Uh, weren't you scared when you were traveling all alone without talking to anyone? Um, so that's def that was definitely one of the things I really had to prepare for. So before I flew around the world, I did two crossings of the Atlantic Ocean with my dad just to prepare myself. Um, but the big one was just on the trip. I had to, I had to just learn how to do it on my own. I had to, so it started off with crossing the Sahara Desert. I would go a few hours without talking but then finally the 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 time i had to really concentrate for and make sure that everything was okay was um on my flight to the abandoned island uh, because i spent it was a 10-hour flight the longest by far and nine hours of those of that flight i had no radio contact at all i was out of radio contact so if anything had happened at all i had no way of communicating that to the japanese or the russians or the americans so it's something you I really had to learn on the way, um, but it's something I managed to deal with and just kept going. And that's that's how I that's I, I knew I really wanted to fly around the world, and so I pushed myself to to do it. Now, this is kind of might be a weird question, but how like the idea? How did first of all, how did the idea come up, and then second of all, how did you convince your parents to be cool with this? Um, so. Actually, my sister became the youngest woman to fly solo around the world. So um, about a year ago, she she did her own journey around the world. And I thought that's an incredible thing. I would like to do something similar. So um, I set about doing it. Uh, my parents were very, very hesitant at, to begin with, uh, but I was able to convince them with time, lots of time, that this was something I really wanted to do, that it wasn't just because I wanted I don't know, whatever. I really wanted to fly around the world. Um, and I was finally able to convince them. And then I was able to prepare and set off. So, yeah. Well, we thank you for, you know, if you could thank them on our behalf, because you're definitely inspiring a whole bunch of people here. Um, we have Cleophie in France, I believe. Go ahead and unmute to ask, friend. Uh, did you make friends? Um, so I met lots and lots of people, but I was very, very busy. I, I don't know if I really had enough time to make friends, as it were. Um, but I met lots of interesting people around the world. It was incredible to meet them. 
just seeing how how they reacted how 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 they were different how their lives were ran in different ways than i'd known and although i probably didn't make friends because i would go in every start would be two days here one day here three days here um i was still able to meet lots of really kind and really cool people around the world and that was a, an amazing experience in itself Absolutely. Um, one of the kids wanted to know, um, how were you able to communicate with people when you didn't speak the same language or did you always have translators with you? Um, so that was actually one of the, the weird things I wasn't expecting. English was, I was able to speak to English basically everywhere in the world. So it was whether I was in the, I, I, I could be anywhere in the world and they would basically speak English. Um, the only parts I really had trouble uh, communicating was in northern Japan, but also quite strangely in Sicily. Um, I could I was I could have been in the middle of the Sahara Desert and people spoke English, but when I was in Sicily, I wasn't able to speak either French or English to them, um, which was really difficult. But uh, in the end, Google Translate works perfectly for that. <laughs> Technology wins again. <laughs> Very awesome. Um, so one of the kids, they wanted to know, do you have any plans for after you finish university to do more traveling or are you focused on something else? Um, so I'm definitely going to keep flying, but I'm not entirely sure in which area of aviation. Um, I know I really love flying small airplanes, but I'm not sure in which area. I don't know if I want to do ferry flying, which is flying small airplanes to different places or if I want to uh, join the Air Force or I have no idea yet, just that I'm going to keep flying and keep trying to find new goals in my life. Absolutely. I had a question. Uh, this comes from myself. So were there any cultural issues that, that you came across or any like funny stories? <laughs> what, what do you what do you mean? I mean by like cultural differences where it's something that seemed normal to you being from England and Belgium and then you get to some random place and they're like what is this guy doing? Probably but I can't think of any for the moment. Um, it, I, I haven't had that question yet. Uh, I don't think I can answer that right now. I can't think of anything but I th this is probably one of the things that I'm going to um, at eight o'clock tonight, I'm gonna suddenly be like, "Oh, that was this really cool story." <laughs> I'll just shoot me an email. <laughs> You're yeah. fine. Uh, so uh, we'll do a couple more questions. One of the kids wanted to know what is the most beautiful country that you got to see. If you had to pick one place that you fl you flew over, and you're like, "Wow." Um, it's difficult to pinpoint one country because they're so different to each other. But if there's one place I would really want to go back to, it's probably Greenland. Um, I just, it's completely out of this world. You have huge ice caps everywhere and just surrounding it, you have icebergs. It's an incredible place to fly, but also just being able to stay there. I could, you can go walking on, go, go and climb a mountain uh, right next to you and you'll have the most amazing view. And it's just, it, it was, it was an incredible experience. and. Yeah, that's, that's probably the one place I would like to go back to um, as soon as possible. That is, uh, that is so cool. Um, so in Greenland, that's, it's, how far is that from you anyway in England? Uh, the Greenland. The, yeah, yeah. How far is that from you? Um, it's, it's quite far. By small airplane, it's quite far. Um, it's probably a 
five-hour commercial flight. Um, right. But yeah, it's it midway between America and Europe. That's incredible. So uh, before we let you go, because I know it's getting kind of late for you as well as some of our other students, what kind of advice uh, would you have for these kids as they kind of go off into the world and figure out what they want to do? Um, you are somebody who's done the absolute unthinkable and uh, you're not even you know, old enough to vote, at least here in America. <laughs> so um, what kind of advice would you have for them as they go off into the world and figure out what kind of trails they would like to blaze? So what I would really say is follow your dreams, whatever it may be, whether it's aviation or carpentry, um, whatever it is, just, just work as hard as possible towards them. Uh, as I said before, you, when I set off, it was not that it was improbable I was going to complete it, it was actually impossible. Um, but I set off anyway, because I really wanted to make it work. I really wanted to fly around the world. So whatever your goal may be, just try and work towards it. And even if you end up failing, as, as uh, you will know that you've taken that step and just, yeah, just, just go for it. Just, just take that first step towards making your, your goals come true. Mac, you are a huge inspiration, not only to the kids in the world, but the adults of the world, that there are no limits. And we can't thank you enough, guys. Check out MacSolo.com if you haven't already. We thank everyone for joining us today, tonight, and this morning, wherever you're at in the world. And Mac, before I end the meeting for all, this is kind of a tradition, what we do, I'm going to let everyone unmute to thank you, and then I'm going to shut the meeting down. Can we all say thank you to Mac for spending time out of this very valuable- Thank you. Thank you, Mac. Thank you. Thank you.